All right, March 15th, I'm gonna call this my Q1 update on the 2022 predictions I made. I'm just gonna address the ones where there's been a little bit of movement, a little bit of news. So of course the predictions I wrote January 16th actually recorded and put out there February 9th. And here we are and it feels like the whole year has already gone by since February 9th. A lot is happening in our world. So prediction number one, was a record number of Canadians will lock into fixed rate mortgages this year. Here's what we're seeing, and here's what I think we're gonna to continue to see all year long. In between the Bank of Canada meeting, meetings, as the media noise softens and quiets within the days following a Bank of Canada meeting, we'll see clients start to calm down and have deeper conversations with their brokers and realize, ah, yes, the variable actually still makes an awful lot of sense. And then in the seven to 10 days leading up to the next Bank of Canada meeting, the next one being almost a full month away, April 13th, but count on it, April 3rd, April 5th, April 7th, the media will crank the volume back up, crank up the tension, get everybody worried, and people are gonna start thinking, should I lock in, should I go fix? Which of course, probably not, uh, probably not, nine times out of 10, probably not. Uh, certainly I won't be locking in personally anytime soon. And so about that next Bank of Canada meeting, what's, what's gonna happen? You know, the whole Russia-Ukraine conflict, Conflict interrupts profit, and will it interrupt rate hikes? Well, I mean, the reality is a quarter point hike isn't really going to do anything with regards to our inflationary pressures right now. And really, even a couple, a couple, a couple of quarter point hikes, like a one and a half point, a two point hike, that's not really going to do much to slow down inflation either because it's not traditional inflation. So it's going to be interesting. It's anybody's guess, in my opinion, as to what the Bank of Canada will do. Prediction number two was bank, sorry, bank profits, again, record setting. Banks will report record earnings. That's what I predicted. And well, look at that a few weeks later, confirmed. And uh, there's no change expected for the rest of the year. I think every quarter, you're just gonna continue to see record profits reported by Canadian banks. While conflict interrupts profit, banks have figured out how to prosper no matter what is happening in the world. Prediction number three, regarding Prime, a net zero increase by year end. Maybe they go up a tick, they already have now, maybe they come back down again. Mm, I'm not saying it's gonna come back down just yet. So they went up that one tick, what is gonna happen in April 13th? Well, given the world we live in, April 13th feels a long ways away, a long ways away. So it's really hard to, hard to say at this point, but I'm, I'm sticking with my gut, which says, stay variable. Life is variable, your mortgage should be too. Skipping to prediction number five, 2022, mortgage broker market share hits 40%. All indications, at least internally from the numbers I'm seeing uh, of our own are that yes, brokers continue to take an increasing share of the market overall, which just makes sense. The complexity involved in a mortgage at this point, you need a dedicated broker who focuses solely on mortgages and mortgages alone. Uh, even working 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 hours a week, as I know some brokers are, it's still a lot to keep up with the amount of complexity that is in this space. And there've been many prominent personalities in our own industry predicting the demise of the mortgage agent, the end of the mortgage broker for years and years and years. 
these chicken littles, you know what? You guys just keep on proving them wrong. So keep on kicking ass as you do. Prediction number six was a 35% down payment required on investment properties. I'm, I'm pegged July 1st as the date that would come into play. And I still think the optics politically are going to support that happening, uh, despite the fact that the reality is quite a bit different. I mean, here's the crazy thing. Get this. There's a new CMHC, Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation program out, not for you, not for you, first-time home buyer, not for you, residential mortgage broker. No, no, no. It's out for the individuals building and buying and refinancing, renovating and refinancing multifamily, multi-residential properties. Uh, maybe the ground floor is commercial, but then there's one, two, three floors on top, two, three, four floors on top, uh, percentage of square foot wise of residential. There's a new program out and it offers those individuals buying a full-on apartment building a 50-year amortization with 5% down on any purchase price. It's not capped at 500,000, which by the way is where your 5% down payment option runs out and the down payment increases slowly as you hit a million. And then over a million dollars, the regular folks like us, we got to put 20% down. And if you want to buy an investment property of any nature that's got four doors or less, a fourplex, triplex, duplex, single family home, condo, you've got to put 20% down. But if you step into the world of multi-residential, 50-year amortization, 5% down, no price limits. It's an incredible program. It's been brought out for some positive reasons, but I'm going to beat up on it a little bit here because what about the little guy? What about, what about the middle class? What about that individual trying to buy something for their family? So, you know, yeah, you can go rent an apartment that has been financed over a 50-year amortization with a 5% down payment, valued at far more than $500,000, $2 million, $10 million, $20 million building, 5% down 50-year amortization. Yeah, you can rent that apartment from, you know, the fat cat that bought it. But uh, no, you can't personally buy a single suite for 5% down unless you agree to a 25-year amortization. It's the same building. It's the same construction. It's the same product. How does this make any sense whatsoever? Well, as I say, in other words, the individuals that can get into the multi-residential game, arguably the wealthier among us, will continue to prosper and will continue to have tenants because the middle class is getting legislated out of the market more so than being priced out. And that started back on January 1st of 2018 with the stress test legislation. That took your purchasing power down by 35%. So you were legislated out of the market to some extent on January 1st of 2018. And what did that do with pricing? Not a damn thing, right? Prices have continued to run out, run, run wild. And who is getting legislated out next? Well, potentially the mom and pop investors. And who will suffer for that? Tenants. Tenants will suffer. Tenants are already suffering. You think you're you know, stressing out about the multiple offer situation to purchase a property? There's multiple offer situations to rent a basement suite, to rent a property that you really may not want to live in, that nobody may want to live in, but there's a lineup around the block to rent that property. Why? Because we have a supply shortage, not just for purchase, 
but for renting, meaning we have a, a, a supply shortage of dwelling units. The government has not kept up on the actual new household formation numbers. We've been flying blind for decades. Nobody really knows how many new households are formed each year, which is mind-blowing in a country that has so much data and so much analytical power, but that hasn't been harnessed properly. So nobody really has the intel on new household formation, and that is what's brought us to this challenging point where not only is there a shortage of supply to purchase, there's a shortage of supply to rent, meaning there's an overall shortage of roofs to put over people's heads. And well, that leads us into prediction number seven, which, you know, uh, 2021, we capped off a five-year run of record population growth, 2 million new Canadians. And my prediction is that in the next five years, we'll double that pace of growth. And by 2026, Canada's population will have grown by 4 million Canadians. Now, didn't I just say we, we got nowhere to house the people we have now? Well, yes, but... Thankfully, Canada is a country that continues with aggressive immigration targets. And I say thankfully because part of the problem around supply right now is the very real labor shortage factor. Now, you got to have somewhere for the labor to live. So there's a bit of a chicken and an egg problem here because you need people to come in to pick up those hammers and swing them and actually build housing. But those people, while they're building housing for other people and hopefully building housing for themselves, they have to live in some housing. So we definitely have a little bit of, like I say, of a circular problem there. And, you know, anecdotally out here on the West Coast in British Columbia, I can tell you there's a couple uh, segments. I was talking with somebody on the Sunshine Coast. They're waiting two full years to start building because no local builder on the coast can put together a crew to build a new home for them. So they bought a lot and thought they'd build a home, and now they're waiting two full years in a queue to get a builder to start building their home. And, uh, you know, again, anecdotally, uh, but I just walked past the doors of a typically a very busy restaurant in Whistler, and the doors were closed, and there was a notice, and I walked over. I thought, I wonder what that's about. And it says, due to the labor shortage, we have had to close. You know, we, we deliver a certain level of service and we just can't staff ourselves up accordingly to deliver that level of service. So we will be temporarily closed. That's saying something like something is seriously going on out there around the labor numbers. So there's the recap on where we're at. I'll do a Q2 update on uh, the predictions and we'll see how things unfold.